Welcome to another episode of Chasing the Upside, conversations on living the FPL life. Today, my guest is FPL analyst, Gian Batra. Our chat explores where you can find the edge in FPL, how to react to setbacks, and the best piece of FPL advice he has ever been given. Gian Batra, welcome to Chasing the Upside. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm really well, thank you. I'm really well. Um, thank you for taking the time out to speak to me today about all things FPL. Um, I suppose the a good starting point would be where it started for you. So what is your FPL origin story, I suppose? So yeah, I haven't been playing for too long compared to most people. I think I started maybe like five years ago playing properly. I used to play a bit for like my uncle here and there, but I, I never really took it seriously. Um, and I think it was around the time I was about 16, so about five years ago, that I started to play a bit more seriously. Um, and then gradually, I think my first introduction into like serious FPL was Big Mumbucker's Threads. Um, and then when I started reading those, then I quickly got into content creation after that. And I started to play a bit more seriously. Interesting. So did the did the addiction sort of kick in shortly after you sort of realized that there was another sort of world or community that is dedicating itself to getting better at the game is that where it sort of really gained momentum for you yeah so like i would say i love fpl and fantasy football i wouldn't say i'm addicted though i think i can Mm -hmm. i can separate myself quite well from it um i don't get too upset by it either like maybe a little bit frustration in the moment but I can pass that by fairly easily. So, but I do love it. Like, I I think it's brilliant. Um, and yeah, that definitely like transpired, um, and increased when I when I got into content creation. I think I started just to think about the game a bit more deeply. And then when you're like interacting with so many people, producing content, it's kind of a necessity for you to at least put more like thinking effort into it. That's great. The fact that you said that you're not, you know, you don't have an addiction. Obviously, that's a strong word, but you know what yeah. I mean. Um. Because I think, like at the time that we're recording this, it's been one of the weirdest weeks that I can remember in terms of, um, you know, reasonably good weekly scores, um, just being smashed out of the park. And and yeah. I and I, uh, me myself, I think I went down one point five million to the worst overall rank I've had for bloody ages. Yeah. And I, but but I'm not alone. You know, it just unless you had certain players. So. Um, I suppose the question is, yes, you're not addicted, but you love it, which is great. Um, you mentioned frustration there. How do you deal? Are you good at dealing with the setbacks and the, uh, uh, you know, the poor game weeks? Yeah, honestly, like not in a cocky way, but I'd say I'd say I am quite good at it. Like I see quite a bit of stuff on the timeline, like people getting upset, but I don't really get too upset. I think in maybe I don't know hour or two after the game, I'll be a bit annoyed. Like after the Newcastle game, I was a bit annoyed. I was like. How's Trippier walked out of here with an 18 pointer? Botman's on 12. Um, so I wasn't I wasn't best pleased with that. But at the end of the day, it's it's not that big of a deal in life, if we're being honest. Like we all have far more important things that like we have to be concerned about. Um, and like we said, it's a it's a hobby, it's it's meant to be fun. Now, there's a competitive element to it, so of course you want to win. And I, I encourage that. I think that should be at the forefront of when you're doing the activity um but when things don't go your way similarly with life i think sometimes you just have to take it on the chin and just go from there like are you you sulking about it, it's going to get you nowhere so you may as well see like look about the grass are pretty green and keep going yeah i do i do agree it's you always have to pull yourself up say look this is literally is meant to be fun 
um and 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 the whole the the fun element i think is the great weeks and the bad weeks because you know you can't have one without the other can you so um yeah i think i think that's really important um do you with 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 your sort of content creation and how i mean i'm always amazed on twitter how much um you're analyzing i suppose and always giving your opinion on things how talk me through that process do you do you um watch a lot of games do you just look at the data um what's your process in terms of analyzing i suppose what makes a good fpl pick um, and what doesn't yeah sure so i very rarely look at data like very very rarely it's pretty much my own eye test uh maybe some inputs from outside the fpl sphere um and then i'll, I'll kind of go from there but yeah my analysis is very much based around what i personally see and think because i kind of feel like if I'm if I'm using anything else, and it's almost someone else's analysis that I'm bringing to my work. So in a way, it's I'm kind of copying them. But at least like when I do it, it's purely my eye test what I see. I think I've got a decent footballing eye, so I can apply that to FPL um, and then go from there. So you're so you're very rarely data. That's that's really interesting because I think a lot of people with with all the tools that we have um, are sort of a mixture of both um i don't know obviously you've got the people that are purely purely eye test or purely data um and then a lot of people sort of in the middle so that's fascinating the fact that you very rarely um use data Mm. yeah yeah it's just it's it's not like how i like to perceive the game and look at the game that's not to say there's no that i don't think there's any value in it um i'm sure there is and for example like i picked as this weekend one of the reasons, and one of the reasons I say it's like one of the few instances, is that I picked data uh, as a because one of the reasons was he had good data right behind him. Um, so it's not like I, I completely object to it. I understand the perspective of why people like it, but for me personally, um, I think in the long run at least, I I trust my own eye test a bit more than the data. I should, pro- I, in all honesty, I should probably incorporate the data more into my analysis um, and go for a bit of a via media approach. Um, and that's just that, yeah, that's just being honest. I, I probably should, but as of now, I don't I don't particularly do that too much. You mentioned um Eze there. Um and if anybody's gonna pass the eye test, it is Eze. I could I I think he's one of the most beautiful footballers to watch. I, yeah, I he's he's lo- very like he's got good movements. Um there's a lot of good things about him. I, I like it's a very talismanic figure in that palace side, it's one of the reasons I picked him. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he and he hasn't quite probably got the points that he deserves this season, but I'm sure it's going to come. Um, I was speaking to a Crystal Palace supporter the other day, and he 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 wasn't comparing the two, but he said in terms of just looking at the player and how graceful they are, it's like watching Zidane. Um, <laughs> that's high praise for it. Really, I'm not sure if I'd now, go that far, but that's, yeah, that's he, high he praise was... for it. <laughs> He wasn't. He wasn't saying in terms of uh, where where he is, but just yes, yeah, so I'm looking at him, and yeah, I mean, I I probably do a full podcast on on just essay, but um, anyway, we we will move on. <laughs> but um, so in terms of um your your relationship with the the Twitter community or the you know FPL on on Twitter, when you were first getting engaged was it the community that is now or has it changed in the sort of you know four or five years that you've actually been playing properly it's 
it's changed, but not as much as maybe I think it's made out to be. I think it's changed in in the terms of mainly its its reach. Uh, when I was starting out, no one really cared about FPL, but now you have so many celebrities, um, and I know for a fact like a lot of Prem players play it. Um, I know like like people there's there's a lot of eyes on FPL right from from all different corners of the globe um, and all different industries including footballers so I think that's one thing that's only going to continue to to increase in terms of the community the reach it has um, I wouldn't say it's it's changed massively I think it's got a lot bigger and there are a lot more people actually in the community um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's changed too much no I think like the big the guys who are the big names two three years ago pretty much still are obviously you get some newcomers um but yeah i wouldn't say it's changed too much to be honest has it changed the way you play the game because yeah i mean you you seem just in our chat you seem quite measured and seemingly if you're going to make a mistake whatever that is you want it to be on your terms rather than following bandwagons or anything like that um, and maybe we'll talk about your decision process um in, in a in a minute but has it changed the way you play at all? Um, the constant opinions, constant questions, because um, you can be sort of pulled in so many directions. So I'd be interested to see if it has changed the way you play. Yeah, I, I think it definitely has changed the way I play. And I hope it was in a good way that I'm learning. If we're being completely honest, I, like I don't have the best record. Um, certainly, you know, I have like the content creators. It's It's an okay record, but it's nothing to scream about. Um, but I do think I'm gradually getting better at the game. I think being what's what's good for me is I'm always surrounded by like the best. Like working at a hub, for example, I've got I talked to Rich Clark, I've pod with him numerous times, I've met him. It's and when you're around that sphere of influence, people like him, Adam Hopcroft, Abdul, um, you can only get better, right? Because they're there's constantly gonna be like, do this, not do this, but it's just good advice. Um so I think, yeah, I think it's definitely improved the way I, I think about FPL. I think the decisions, the mistakes I make are always quite of a similar nature. I'm a bit too aggressive. Um, I, I ultimately, whilst I, I understand the appeal of a very good rank, I'm, I think the satisfaction of getting a, an amazing rank, I'm talking like top 100, um, and ultimately winning it and pursuing that is far more th- worthwhile than just settling for something lower, aiming for something lower. Um, so I think inevitably at, at times my rank may may not be that good i had a very swingy season last season i've had a very swingy start here um and i'm okay with that like i, I know what i'm trying to achieve so that's fine but to answer your question yeah most definitely it's, it's i've definitely changed how i approach the game since being introduced to the community and uh some very smart people does you mentioned rank there i've got a couple of questions but the first one that spring sprang to mind is you mentioned rank and because you're you know, the amount of followers you have and the, the, the amount of reach that you do have. Um, if you're on podcasts, the first thing people look at potentially is where you are in terms of game week rack. Yeah. And then if you're advising people, it's probably an easy thing for people to say, well, you know, why should I listen to this person? Why should I listen to that person? You know, l- look at their rank. So with that in mind, you obviously want the best rank possible. So does that cloud your decision making? Because of course. okay, yeah, I think that's an excellent question. Um, I think people are very, very fair to to judge content creators' ranks. I think like it, it should definitely hold weight. Like you shouldn't just listen to someone regardless of how good it is, just if their ranks horrible, right? So like over a consistent period of time. So I think I think it's very fair, and it's definitely something that like I think about, um, and I'm well aware that for me, 
And I remember at the start, because I was when I initially started producing content, um, I was having a pretty bad season. It was it was actually my worst season ever. Um, and I did kind of think like it is a bit bit weird of me to be advising people when I'm not doing so well myself this year. Um, and I've kind of just come to terms with the fact that like that that's gonna happen. And if people are gonna talk, I think that's that's fair. I think it's warranted. But I think deep down I know that like I have the capability of of producing some some good ranks. I think like last year, for example, I got a 50k rank, which when I think the game's getting considerably hard, it's it's quite respectable. It's not it's not brilliant, but it's respectable and it, it's showing I'm improving. Um and the other thing is I think the content creation is like at the moment is very much focused on the footballing side of things. And I don't think there's too much strategy behind it. So you can be like an excellent football analysis and therefore a good content creator, but not so good at the game because I think the game is obviously far more strategic based, um, which doesn't get talked about too much in content creation. But but for sure, like it, it definitely does play on my mind. Um, and I think having a good record is something that you're very, it's very fair for people to judge you on when you're producing content. So I don't mind it. Like if someone says like, oh, I don't like someone left a comment and I, I understand it. But do you think if if you feel that being slightly more conservative with your decisions over the season will get you a better rank? It may not get you in the top 100. It may not get you in the top 1,000, but it would get you consistently, say, in the top 50K. Would you ever change because of that? Or are you, no, this is the way I play and the rank will be what it will be? No, I'm I'm not interested in, in changing that. I think like I'd rather get like a and look, the community is an extreme nice community, right? Um, we've got a fantastic community, and like I said, it's not like my history is like awful. It's just not as good as the likes of Rich Clark. So I think um, yeah, it's, it would be probably sensible for me to to go after like play very template and get a 50k rank, but that's just not me. I, I think it's far more worthwhile to to pursue at least one fantastic season. Um, and I'm fine to take the the flack of it and the negative side of it. You said, well, you mentioned improvement. Um, and anybody that's played FPL um, for more than, you know, probably a season or two um, will know that there is luck involved. Of course, you can make the best decisions and still um, come out the wrong side. So with that in mind, with the big swings in luck, um, how what to you is improvement do is it just rank because you could make incredible decisions all season long and actually have a worse rank than the season before where you just got lucky so how do you if it's not rank how do you judge improvement in your in your fpl um in your fpl game yeah i think it's a, it's a really good question with, with regards to like I, I don't really view it as as everyone else does i think ultimately whatever happens to you in my personal opinion is fair um, not just in FPL, but in life. And I know a lot of people disagree with that, will disagree with that, but that, that's just my personal opinion. Um, so I don't I don't ever really get down. If I get unlucky or, yeah, if I get unlucky, then so be it. That's fine, I deserve it. And if I get lucky, so be it, I deserve it. Like I'll give myself a pat on the back as much as I'll give myself a spl- uh, slap on the wrist. Um, for me, improving is just purely about decision-making processes. Um, on reflection, game week two, should I have started... Jao Pedro over Matoma for, and it was a 12 point swing. No, now I'm not saying that because it was a bad outcome, but with the expected minutes concerns, I probably shouldn't have been so aggressive after one decent performance against Luton and started Matoma. Should I have brought Eze in this week? Well, it was an extremely aggressive move um, and it hasn't worked now. It's left me in a bit of a tough spot. So was that the best decision over the long run? Probably not. So 
for me, it's just assessing the decision-making processes, reflecting on those and refining them. And ultimately, if I keep doing that, eventually I will become a very, very good player. So that, that leads us perfectly onto the, the decision process. The how, how structured are you when it comes to transfers? Do you have a, a real definite start your process here, go through this and then come out the other end? Or is it completely haywire? Um, yeah, talk us through that because I thought I think I think that would be really interesting for for people to hear how how you come to your decisions. I suppose. Yeah. So I mean, by I always make my transfers late. Always Friday, Saturdays, as close to the deadline as possible. Right. I like having as much information and time as possible. Um, in terms of the actual transfers, you'd be surprised. I, there's not too much time that goes into it, and the reason is when you're producing content and you're on Twitter basically every day of every week. Naturally, you have to be you consume so much information that you can kind of paint the picture very easily, right? I don't have to sit down with with pen and paper and try to figure everything out because naturally just by doing the processes of creating content, I already would have known X, Y, Z and reading someone else's work or watching someone else's thing. Um, so by the time you actually have to make decision, it's there's not much. You just have to, I guess, assess my own team, see the long-term and short-term implications. Doesn't take very long um, and then go from there. So in terms of how like that process is, it's not very long. It's the content creation and cons consumption basically sorts itself out. Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly, you know, not a great player at all. I love the game. Um, but when I've got my, my process is don't think about it too much until probably Thursday, but just taking some podcasts, see what opinions are out there and let it kind of all wash over you to a certain extent. And then you kind of come to the, what feels right at the time um now of course there's there's the odd 50 50 where maybe where you can um go on websites and things um but yeah i'm i'm quite similar um and i think a lot i think a lot of people are in in that way um yeah it is interesting has that has that changed over the years the the decision making process yeah. okay. that's probably the thing that's changed the most um okay. and that, as i referenced earlier the sphere of influence in previous seasons and even up to the last one, I was I was too weighted towards making decisions with my gut, um, like and not even not even from an analytical perspective where I would think different to the crowd. I mean, purely just a gut feeling and and how I felt. Um, sometimes without a serious lack of rationale behind it. However, this season and I kind of refined that over preseason. I, I knew this was something I had to change. Um, I've used my gut far less, and it's something I'm far happier with. So, so yeah, that's that's certainly something I've improved on there. So it's it's less gut, but um, but you said earlier completely eye test. So it's just about watching more games. Is it for you? Yeah, I mean, like obviously I, I watch games, but at the same time I listen to others. There's, for example, the Green Arrow po podcast is great. The Why is great. There are some really good threads on Twitter. Um, so it's basically my eye tests plus the content I trust, and that's about it. Yeah. Do you keep to quite um a tight schedule with regards to watching games, or is it the Super Sunday, couple of those match of the day, and and call it good? Or do you try and watch, you know, four or five games per weekend? Uh, it it kind of depends on like, for example, like last weekend, um, I I was outside it right, so I didn't watch any of the games. Um, and if there's a game that I need to go and catch the highlights of, I'll watch like eight to nine minute extended highlights on YouTube. I never watch match of the day. Um, it's just easier now to just go on YouTube. So, and then in terms of the amount of games I watch, 
I'll watch whatever interests me. Like I'm not gonna I wouldn't have watched Sheffield United Newcastle. I, I only watched the second half, right? Um I went out to watch the North London Derby. So I, I didn't watch the first half of Sheffield United Newcastle. And that, that wouldn't really bother me because I, I know I can get enough from other people if need be on those subjects and I can just watch some highlights. Um so I just watch games as I please, but I do enjoy watching games, so that's why like I clock up a decent amount. Yeah, that's that's the amazing thing about nowadays is that um, you can. Oh, I was speaking to um, Adam from the Above Average <laughs> podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, um, and he said sort of the same thing: is that if you don't watch a game, there's so much information out there that will give you pretty much information that you need. Um, yeah. So, so that's lovely, isn't it? Because if you really had to watch, if if to get very good at FPL, you needed to watch a hell of a lot of games. It could get a bit grating, uh, and I think it could become a bit of a grind. And that's you don't really want that. To be fair, though, I I do watch like uh, in at least this season, I, I've certainly watched like a lot of games. Like I've watched a good amount of games. Hence why, like, I can give these eye test reports because I I am watching the football. Mm, mm. So with um, more and more people playing. Actually, there seems to be, in terms of millions, less this year, doesn't there? Which is a bit strange. I think it's very close. I think at the moment okay. it's very, very close. I heard that they did clamp down on bots a bit, so that might have something to do with it. That's um, another thing. it's very close. <laughs> so with, yeah, 9, 10, 11 million, whatever it is. So with all, uh, so many players, so much information out there for those players, where do you think um, the edge is, the edge for FPL players now? I think... Personally, I believe data has a cap. And it's kind of why, look, like I said earlier, I, I should get into it more. Um, and maybe this will inspire me to do so. But I think do, data does have a cap in the sense that you can you can be the best interpreter of stats, statistics in the world. Um, but someone with a good eye test will kill you every time, I think. like There's a reason that, for example, that um, all the top managers in, in world football, whilst they may use statistics, they, they heavily rely on their own eye, right? Um, like Guardiola, I'm sure he uses statistics and stuff, but at the end of the day, like he didn't come up last season with a 3-2-2-3 because of some stats. So I think essentially getting your eye test to a level where it's it's so good, you can see things that others can't. And also data can be very misleading and sometimes hard to interpret, um, not to toot my own horn too much, but for example, the Sun Hall, right, that I, I picked up in Game Week 3, um, Game Week 4 when, when I got him ahead of Burnley. Like I heard so many people talk about how that was a bad performance against Bournemouth. But having watched that entire game, I was I was very pleased with it, and I was very confident in my in my selection there. Um, and I think being able to do that over a long period of time, um, and just understanding the game a bit better than everyone else, is probably where your best chance of an edge is. Alongside like being good mentally, for example, like being patient, not getting too upset. Because I think these things, like at the end of the game day, it's it's a game, right? Um, and you you have to be good at the strategic elements of a game. Um, there's so many good footballers who have been talented, but they didn't have the the right mentality to go alongside. And I think that applies to FPL as well. So I think those two areas are where I would I would try and get an edge in. Mm. Yeah, I love that because I think that I'm just sort of thinking out loud here after what you just said. But I think the eye test that that's the the eye test is brilliant because if you if you improve on that um you're seeing things that literally other people aren't now with data it's yeah. right in front of you isn't it um you, xg xa 
all those things are right in front of you. And obviously, as you said, you have to interpret that correctly. But the eye test is so subjective that if you really can improve that, um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's the one. Maybe that, and, and that will continue as well. That's the lovely thing as well. Um, if, if you can yeah. improve your eye like You'll constantly get better at it. Um, mm. The more you watch it, the more you refine your processes, understand what you're looking for. So, yeah. Do you... Um, do you do re- do some reading or listen to podcasts or watch videos about football analysis too to make you uh, to to potentially improve your FPL or is it just watching football through the FPL lens? So a friend actually kind of got me into seeing football in a more analytical, uh, serious type of way. Um, following that, that was about three years ago, COVID-ish time. Um, then I went onto YouTube and I just learned some things. For example, like systems and pressing and like learning that in a bit more depth then from there i i always felt like i had a pretty decent football knowledge anyway hence why i got into content creation in the first place um and once i was given like a guided path to to learn from i think then i kind of just snowballed positively quite quickly um and i i just understood football like i look there's there's definitely there's loads of people who are better than me but in in relative terms I, i learned quite a bit quite quickly to allow me just to improve my my eye test. Um, I do read, I read certain sources. I don't watch or listen too much, but I most certainly do read on Twitter a few accounts, which I, I like to learn from. All right, Jan. Well, I think we're we're coming we're we're coming to the end of uh, the chat. We've got two more questions. Yeah. Uh, before we do that, um, just a, a final thank you for me. Of uh, it's been such a such a good chat, fascinating chat um and uh yeah so to to give up your evening i really appreciate it so thank you of course um so the first one um i'm i'm going to continually say on this podcast that this is this is meant to be a conversation that celebrates fpo on all the good things so with that in mind um what is your favorite ever fpo moment oh I'll give you a I'll be honest, I don't have as good of a memory when it comes to this type of stuff as other people. Like other people just whip out <laughs> stuff on the timeline. I'm like, how do you remember that? <laughs> they do. They do. What was what was my favorite? One comes to mind instantly. Uh, I'm just trying to think if there were any better than that. Uh, okay, th- this probably isn't the best, right? I like okay. I-, I know for a fact that like, I'd have enjoyed something more, but I can't think of anything else on the spot. But the De Bruyne Hall um against Wolves in that double game week when he scored four. Um, I believe I had him. I know I did have him captain that week, and I think he got thirty points or sixty for me, and that was a very very nice like evening. I, I remember I was sitting in my room at uni, um, watching it on the laptop, and it was just goal after goal, and I was like, "This is this is good, man. This is good." So yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. If you, um, I mean, that is a great one. If you if you think of another one straight after the pod, you can just um, you can just tweet me, and I can just add that <laughs> yeah. in say in the show notes. <laughs> um but yeah no that's good that's that's an excellent one um and that's that is the thing that when so i've done a few of these now and i always um sort of relate it to those moments are similar to when you hear a song that takes you back to a certain amount of time and you just said that like you you remember you were at uni you were looking at your laptop and it sort of takes you straight back there that's actually a really good point. I even remember what I was wearing while I was while I was watching the game. So yeah, it's actually a very, very good point. I remember what I was doing before, after. Yeah, it's a very good point, actually. <laughs> FPL is a weird game, isn't it? Um, okay, so final question. What is the best piece of FPL advice you've ever 
been given. Oh, good, good point. Again, take your time. Patience, pretty simple one, but patience. I was advised to be more patient. I think it worked for me. Um, so yeah, I would say just being a bit more patient. How and before we wrap up, how does that work with aggression though? Because you're quite an aggressive manager. Yeah, um, it's more so like understanding when to time that aggression. Um, you can't just be aggressive all over the place and and constantly do it. You have to you have to understand the timing. And I think getting a better in look into patience kind of allowed me to do that. Um, yeah, I would I would say, however, I came to the conclusion to use my gut a bit less and be a little bit more analytical, cold blooded. I would say um, with my decisions, that was another good bit of advice i imagine that was more filtered just around being on the timeline and other good managers um so i'd probably say those two things 